reporters are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works. Hello there and welcome to Nowhere to Hide. I'm Brian Hyde. We're going to be talking about the rise of the Rainbow Guard. Yes, that is a reference to the Red Guard. And if you're not familiar with the, the Maoist revolution, it might be time to uh, get yourself a little bit better acquainted with what exactly Chairman Mao was able to pull off and how he was able to use young people as his enforcers to uh, bring about some really heinous uh, policies and a lot of death and suffering. Now, that's not a guarantee that we're headed the exact same direction, but you certainly see a, same, a similar dynamic that is uh, at play. And, uh, you know, the recently uh, finished up legislative session actually had a number of examples of this. So, first of all, we'll recap. Uh, you know, the, the legislature did finally call it a day, and I think that was a, a sense of relief. What was it, 80-some days, 81, 88 days that, uh, that the legislature was was in session? They, they met for one last vote. This was on the, uh, the uh, library bill. It failed by one vote. The Idaho House failed to override Governor Little's veto of the Library Materials Bill. Now they've adjourned for the year. Uh, the governor in his letter to legislators said that there was ambiguity in the bill that would lead to unintended consequences for libraries and their patrons. Now, I, you know, I'm not trying to be cynical here, but uh, the governor did shock a few people, myself included, by signing House Bill 71, which would protect minors from, you know, sexual mutilation surgery in the name of, of transgender transitioning and, and hormone treatment, treatments, they would have to wait until they are adults before they could commit and consent to those kinds of procedures. That actually surprised me a little bit that the, the governor took a stance and said, yeah, I'll go ahead and sign that. But I guess to balance things out, maybe to placate, you know, his, his many fans on the political left, he said no to the library bill. This is a report from the Idaho Capitol Sun. On the final day of the 2023 session, the Idaho House of Representatives narrowly failed to override Governor Brad Lito's, Little's veto, that is, of a controversial bill that would have prohibited libraries from providing harmful materials. There's a scare quotes, harmful materials, whatever that is. I'll give you an example of what that is here in a minute. But uh, on Wednesday, Little vetoed House Bill 314, writing in a letter to legislators that the bill's ambiguity would lead to unintended consequences for libraries and their patrons. Little also called out a section of the bill that would have allowed minors, their parents, or guardians to sue for $2,500 for a violation of the bill. Like, like the left-wing talking points, he was saying, well, this is just going to be a bounty. People are going to be wanting to get rich. What about uh, if, what if people are actually making this stuff available to kids? Harmful materials. Notice no scare quotes, but really twisted, deviant materials. What then? Well, he didn't say. Allowing any parent, regardless of intention, oh, really? To collect $2,500 in automatic fines creates a library bounty system that will only increase the costs local libraries incur, particularly rural libraries, Little wrote. These costs will be forced onto property taxpayers of Idaho, Idaho rather, or cause libraries to close to minors altogether. Now, there is an alternative to this, Governor. I'm not, you know, one to tell you your business, but you might just consider if they're not offering disgusting pornographic material to minors that's aimed at minors, teaching them all the, the wonderfulness of anal sex and oral sex and, you know, same-sex relations and masturbation. If they just don't offer those kinds of things and make them available to minors, it seems that they really wouldn't have a problem. But, you know, hey, maybe, maybe that's something you hadn't considered. The House voted 40 to 30 to pass Bill 
uh, 3.14 on March 31st before going at recess to see if Little would veto any late session bills. So, yeah, it was it was surprising to some, not so much to others. This was interesting, though. The Idaho Capital Sun pointed out Idaho Democrats say this session was overshadowed by culture war issues. And it's it's curious how they, they portray this as, well, you know, there was things we could have focused on, but it was too much culture war stuff. Why is that? Is it because Republicans and others, you know, the troglodytes out there just looking to make people feel bad, uh, somehow decided to come up with legislation that would would uh, address culture war issues? Or just, you know, hear me out on this. Is it possible that there were people forcing culture war issues onto the public to where people actually went to their legislators and said, we have to draw a line and protect the most vulnerable among us? Hmm? I'm just putting that forth as, as a possibility. In a Thursday press Thursday afternoon press conference, Democratic leaders blasted their Republican colleagues, saying the session's votes to reduce property taxes and increase education funding and teacher pay. So they got what they wanted, right? More government, more state, more expense. We're often overshadowed by the GOP fueled. No, it's not the GOP fueling this war. They are responding. They are in defensive mode to a culture war that's being pushed by the left, both in and out of government. And attacks on women, they say. The LGBT plus community, elections and voting. You're going to see just how much of this uh, starts to look like a new little uh, rainbow guard of revolutionaries. Because that's that's really what is going on here. It's it's not a matter of, you know, well, gee, these uh, these uh, extremists, I'm, I'm using that word myself, these extremist Republicans are just trying to force their views on everybody. As opposed to the benevolent left, which according to the press, never would do such a thing and it's only just trying to make everything happy and fair by the force of the state it's a lie it's projection on their part but uh, we'll we'll come back to that in a few minutes as with many sessions recently this session felt like a real tug of war house minority leader ilana rubel of boise told reporters on the one side we have bipartisan efforts notice how tame and innocent that sounds led by democrats and many governance oriented republicans statists the Democrats are statists, the governance-oriented Republicans are statists to deliver on what they call bread-and-butter issues, like education funding. There's never enough. We need more. We need more. Infrastructure repair. Okay, I could I could maybe see that one being a priority. Property tax relief. Sure, why not? Child care. Nope, that's not government's job. And criminal justice reform. Okay, that's a legit one, too. But unfortunately, she says, constantly tugging against those efforts was an ever more powerful pull from the far right. <laughs> to bog us down in damaging and divisive social warfare. Now, look, I, I'm not trying to put too fine a point on this, but the damaging and divisive social warfare is originating from the left. And the response that you are seeing, the snapback you are seeing, is coming from the right in response to what the left is pushing. They can try to deny it. but And look at, look at this denial. There was a never-ending onslaught of bills placing bounties on librarians. Oh, yes, people are going to go hunt them down. Schools, museums, the performing arts. She's talking about drag shows for kids that would have effectively presented high school students from being able to put on dance performances or read Judy Bloom books. Yeah, well, what about the, uh, the uh, other books? No. See how this is being soft-pedaled? This, this, it's, it's not quite an outright lie, but it's omitting enough actual truth. It might as well be. So, I mean, shame on you, you know, Representative Rebel. This is, you, you could do better than this. There are, she says, it seems like many across the aisle who want the state to form some kind of a morality police reminiscent of Iran. She's not wrong. 
but it's the left that's forming this morality police, disguising itself as, well, this is secular humanist atheism, therefore it's neutral. It's not. It is a religion. It is, in fact, becoming and may have become the de facto state religion across America. Enforcing certain legislatures idea, legislators' ideas of what ideas, what books, what clothing, what health care, and what forms of entertainment are acceptable. Every single one of those things are things that the left is trying to push a one-size-fits-all approach on the people of Idaho as well as other places across the nation. If you're dumb enough to buy into the idea that, well, this is just one-sided and it's only those meanies on the right, it's I, I don't know what to tell you to do other than perhaps consider that uh, you are, are truth deficient. And this is a time of truth deficiency. This was a great comment uh, that I, I saw on Twitter. Why do we have a sudden infestation of sexual deviance that has apparently sprung up out of nowhere? As a society, we've tolerated sodomy, drag shows, transvestites, etc., so long as they've stayed in the dark corners. In other words, in the gay bars, on the edge of town. I would put it another way. As long as it's been kept private, among consenting adults and out of the public's view. We've allowed it that space because we thought it would stay there, keep quiet, and never interfere with our lives. But that there was an unwritten agreement that worked for a while, but no more. Now this movement has become a monster, proudly strutting about in broad daylight. I mean, for crying out loud, June isn't here yet, but there's a whole month of celebrating in the streets to tell us how awesome it all is. It has our children by their throats, corporations on their knees, and Hollywood in full submission. And by the way, there are a lot of people in government who have bent the knee to this as well. So this is a picture from one of those books that we're assured would just never be made available to minors in Idaho's libraries, except it has been made available to minors in Idaho's libraries. Now, you know, I am I know for some people, well, why would you even show us something like this? Look, if you have a problem with that, if you think that's inappropriate, why would you be okay with it being shown to kids? Why do kids need to be introduced to deviancy? And whether it's same sex or, or you know, uh, you know, heterosexual deviancy, why do they need to have their innocence stripped away as quickly as possible? Again, I think this is one of the tactics of the left, and I think it's something that has been seen and used to uh, to break down the institutions, to destroy the institutions and undermine whatever came before. I think it's just being used again and and with great effect. Representative Lauren Neachia says Idaho is once again gaining notoriety. She laments Republican lawmakers keep showing there are no limits to their extremism. Yeah, their extremism of saying, no, we will not embrace this. They will go to any length to restrict your freedom. To what? Have men in lingerie twerking in front of children? Let's get real. I like the Idaho Tribune's response. You people want to mutilate children, give them pornography, dress little boys up like girls, and have them dance for money on stage, and then say, like potty mouth Shiva, they're going to piss on our graves if we don't let them. You have absolutely no right to lecture anyone about extremism. And by the way, I agree. All of those things mentioned would have been extreme things in any rational person's point of view. But now it's the people who say no to it that are considered extremists. How could they how could they possibly deny children this wonderful opportunity to to what twist their little minds? I mean, it's it, look, there was one bright spot in this legislative session. And uh, and I love this tweet from Chloe Cole, who uh, herself underwent gender reassignment surgery, had her breasts surgically removed and then realized after the fact she had made a terrible mistake. And she now goes out and she speaks to whoever will listen that there is a whole healthcare industry that is springing up that is making 
bundles of money off of gender-confused kids and lying to parents and profiting off other people's mental illness. Terrible stuff. But she says it's a huge win in Idaho. All children in Idaho will get to grow up without sterilization or mutilation in the name of the gender cult. Now, she happens to know what she's talking about. So those who are like, well, of course, she's some right-wing fanatic. No, she's a person who's actually, she was lied to. And now she's exposing those lies and warning other people don't believe them. Billboard Chris, who, by the way, was attacked, violently attacked in Canada just recently, also chimed in. Huge news. Idaho has banned child transition. Thank you, Governor Little. So I'm sure that other politicians realize, well, okay, we just have to take this in stride, right? Well, we'll see their responses in a moment. I actually liked Brian Alman's take. Um, he had a Substack uh, uh, essay here about uh, restoring, you know, a culture of life. And he says, the way we win, the way we restore the spirit of Western civilization that made America great again in the first place is by promoting laws that support our values. Now he's talking about, in other words, our laws should uphold the notions of wrong or right, not what's fashionable, but uh, the, the time-tested notions of right and wrong. He says, we cannot legislate morality, but we can use force of law to protect the most vulnerable among us. For instance, a mentally ill child. We can inculcate a culture of life from the top down and from the bottom up. Okay, now let's see how some uh, Idaho politicians responded to this, because I'm sure that, uh, oh, uh, well, they've released the uh, Rainbow Guard. The young people filled with outrage, filled with profanity, and show us how grown up and serious they are to tell us how evil it is that anybody would ever, you know, dare say the word no or refuse their, their bold advance into this uh, uncharted territory that just requires us to part with everything that ever came before us, including any standards of right and wrong. Well, let's see. Here we have Steve Birch, Idaho legislature. Let's throw doctors in jail. Oh, yes, that's that's exactly what they were going for. Well done. How about this? This is from the mayor of Boise, Lauren McLean. My heart breaks today for every loving parent of a trans child, every doctor who strives to offer life-saving, affirming care, and every child in our community targeted by age 71. Oh, the crocodile tears. Look, parents who have trans kids, they they have a very serious situation on their hands. And, and, and the suicide rate among Trans as well as, uh, you know, LGBT youth is pretty high. But to say this is life-saving, affirming care does not tell the whole story. And there have been some countries that have taken long time to study this. Uh, for instance, Sweden studied uh, over a period of, I think it was 30 years. Even those patients who underwent so-called gender-affirming care still had a suicide rate that just dwarfed the normal suicide rate among kids or among young people or, or people who struggled with, with uh, various mental health issues. It's not the fix that they're pretending that it is. And to say that, well, these doctors were just trying to offer life-affirming care. No, they're doing things that even Dr. Mengele would have probably recoiled from. Every child in our community targeted by age 71, it wasn't targeting children. It's targeting the, re, the, the adults who should be responsible enough to know when to say no. Or to know that uh, this is not the time to, to uh, make your child a faddish example of how woke you are and look how concerned and inclusive you are. But of course, that's not how the left sees it. It never is. In fact, we had a very well-publicized event just a little over a week ago of a, a transgender individual, deeply disturbed, who went in and murdered innocent people in a Christian school. 
In fact, uh, what was the name? Oh, Riley Gaines, the, the swimmer. She's the swimmer who spoke out against uh, this biological male who has now is calling himself a trans uh, trans woman and is just smashing swimming records all over the place. And she said, you know, it's really disturbing for us, you know, females in the in the dressing room when a fully intact male comes in there and is dressing and undressing with us. She's not playing pretend with them. Well, when Riley was uh, speaking at uh, San Francisco State University, this was just yesterday. She was literally chased, assaulted and and held hostage. I'm not kidding. She was she was being uh, kept in place for about three hours by an angry crowd of trans activists who uh, coincidentally were demanding money for her release. Well, if you pay us this money, then we'll let her go. Isn't that kidnapping? Because that sounds a lot like like the definition of kidnapping. And how does the media treat this kind of thing? Well, it never happened. It never happened. But you know what? Uh, you know, I know that uh, the the left wing activists love to get out there with their cameras and their cell phones. Oh, they're filming everything. Look at us. You know, we're going to find who's going to be the next victim. Others are taking uh, taking a note from their playbook and also turning on their cameras. And the number of uh, videos of violent trans activists is uh, starting to add up. And it's becoming a serious problem. In fact, uh, I, I want to share with you what uh, may be one of the more disturbing observations of what is unfolding before us. This is from Aaron McIntyre. The leftist plan for transgenderist violence is simple. Kick the dog until it bites. Now, we're talking about creating another George Floyd-type moment to justify widespread violence and chaos in our city streets. McIntyre says progressives have used the media, educational institutions, even the medical community to prime as many people as possible who are already mentally fragile with an ideology that tells them their very identity is under attack from every direction. Now, look, just because you say, yeah, I'm not going to play pretend, that doesn't mean you're trying to erase somebody's existence. Only a truly mentally ill person would insist if you're not affirming me every second of every day, you know, you're trying to genocide me. But that's the kind of, of reasoning that they're using. And this is why they justify being violent, knowing full well that the media will cover for them as well as many people in government. And by the way, we've seen this right to the very top, you know, to the White House. Yep, they, they stand up. What did, what did they do after this, uh, this uh, transsexual mass murderer went and shot a bunch of people in, in uh, Tennessee last week? Why we had a trans day of visibility because we need to show just how, how picked on and how, how marginalized these poor people are. Not the victims, but the, uh, the shooter and, and those who uh, suffer from similar you know, mental challenges like the shooter. Aaron McIntyre goes on to say, when your artificially constructed identity is at odds with every social norm and biology itself, it's pretty easy to believe, oh yes, I am under attack. Just, just from people saying, no, nah, not for me or keep that away from my kid. Take that already unstable construction, ramp it up with the lie that there's an active genocide against the transgenderist, and the results are predictable. They're going to get violent. In fact, they're being told this is what they need to do. The left is encouraging these people to arm themselves while labeling anyone who disagrees with them a fascist. This is why the it's okay to punch a Nazi discourse was so important to progressives. They've been looking to justify this escalation for a while. Now it appears that they're actively doing it. The left praises trans ideology after Nashville, talks about being fierce and fighting back because they want to encourage more violence. They praise the assaults on state capitals and the assault on a female athlete, athlete because they want a state of fear. But most importantly, what they want 
is someone, anyone to feel hopeless and lash out in retaliation. They kick the dog with reckless abandon, so the minute that it tries to defend itself, they can justify shooting it. I know it's chilling, but this actually rings true. They want their George Floyd this summer, their causus belli, their justification to once again unleash a wave of state-sanctioned rioting, mostly peaceful, of course, I think is, is how it will be sold to us, security state crackdowns on their political opponents, or both. They're just waiting for someone to take the bait. So Aaron McIntyre says the reason progressives are encouraging more violence is they are hoping to trigger violence in return. They own the media. They own the justice system. They know their side will pay little to no price. And the slightest bit of retaliation will become the new January 6th. It'll be blown out of proportion and, of course, trumpeted day after day. The point being, stay safe and stay frosty out there. You have a two-tier justice system, whether you like it or not. Don't put yourself in bad situations. And above all, don't give these people what they want. I don't know about you. That's That's a pretty sobering thing to consider. I do happen to believe it's absolutely true. Why? Because what we are seeing is a modern version of this. These are the Red Guard from Mao's China. These were the ones who went out there and and were, were tasked with finding anyone who still held on to the old attitudes, the old ways, who refused to chant in unison with whatever the party, Mao's Communist Party, wanted them to say. They were ruthless. If you've never read about it, I can recommend a great book. It's called Red Scarf Girl. Very, very powerful story from a woman who actually lived through that uh, that uh, cultural revolution in China. It's ugly beyond belief. And I know we want to tell ourselves nothing like that could ever happen here. I'm sure people in China felt the same way. But my point is, it is happening here, and it's happening with the blessing and with the help of politicians as well as left-leaning media sources that will provide cover for this Pretending that, oh, well, they're just, you know, they were provoked to violence, while at the same time, anyone who so much as as questions or offers a harsh word against that particular kind of violence is portrayed as, see, this is the proof that they're all fascists and they want to kill us all. I thought this was kind of a funny take on it. Don't fall for it. They want you to fight back. (laughs) I've seen another variation of the same comic with, ha, jokes on them. This is totally unconstitutional. But the point is, be careful. People are trying to get you to react. And and a lot of this is going to come down to how do you see the world? How do you process the world? How do you know what's going on? I mean, we want to be informed, right? I think most of us agree that, you know, it's good to be informed. But if you're only being informed with what the news media is telling you, you're not being informed. You're just being told this is what you're supposed to be thinking about. This is what you're supposed to be, you know, obsessing about. Now, I know it's kind of rich because it's like, well, Brian, haven't you talked about this kind of stuff? I have. And unfortunately, this is one of the more prominent examples of media bias that I keep having to call out over and over again, only because it is becoming ubiquitous. Not everybody sees it, but the ones who do are like, wow, this is this is really becoming a dangerous thing. I like how my friend T.K. Coleman puts it. Mind control isn't about just indoctrinating us with a few bad ideas. It's also about incentivizing us to focus on a limited number of ideas and themes. Do you understand? The machine doesn't just want to control our beliefs. It wants to control the very direction in which we think. And of course, in the case of mainstream media, it wants to offer us, you know, the things that are approved. You know, these are the these are the attitudes you should hold. These are the things you should be willing to think about. These are the beliefs you ought to hold if you want to be a good person. And of course, if you push back against any of them, well, then I think we all know what you're really about. It sounds like a terrible no-win situation. 
And I wish it were the kind of thing that you could just, you know, turn your backs on them and they would disappear because nobody believed in them, right? It's, it's the Tinkerbell thing. As long as we clap our hands, you know, she'll be okay because we believe in her. And if we don't believe in her, well, she's going to disappear. Not going to happen this time. As was mentioned earlier, the people who are driving this move, who are using these confused young people and sending them out to, to, to be foot soldiers and missionaries for, for this perverted gospel, have taken aim at our children. They know they have to get them young. They have to get them while their minds are still malleable and while they're still easy to influence. This is why they, they fight so hard to, to fight for unrestricted access to, to truly deviant material in our libraries. This is why they, they equate anybody saying, well, if we don't indulge this child's uh, you know uh, mental struggle over gender, which may or may not even be legit. It may be a social contagion. As was pointed out before, one of the one of the people who worked at a, a clinic, uh, she, she actually had to quit her job because she realized, I'm seeing girls from the same high school. Like, this is actually becoming a fad among certain girls. Parents who have Munchausen by proxy syndrome and want to use their kids as a way to make a statement of, look how woke I am, you know, to the world around them. The truth of the matter is there are a lot of sick people out there. And I'm, I'm not saying they deserve our condemnation. We should be throwing trash at them as they walk down the street. I'm saying that we cannot allow them to push their agenda on our kids and, and just sit by and, well, you know, we don't want to upset them. At some point, you have to be willing to draw the line and say that's enough. The material that you're promoting, the ideology that you're promoting, and sadly, there are a lot of people who are starting to see. I mean, if, if you've ever watched the libs of tip, TikTok videos, I know that uh, there, there is strong hatred for libs of TikTok, but the thing that makes these videos so damning is the fact that it's in the words of these activist teachers themselves. And these, these activists are very bold. Oh, yes, in my classroom, we absolutely talk about this with the kids, and we make sure that uh, they have access to this, and we make sure that their parents never know about it. Okay, that's not just edgy. Okay, this is not just edgelord stuff. That is evil, and it needs to be called out as such. And, and where possible... Either those people need to be removed from their contact with children or, parents, if you're very serious about protecting your kids from this kind of, of mind-bender ideology, you might want to consider taking your kids out of government schools. It appears that they have been, for the most part, captured. And that is with the help, not just of Democrats, but also with sympathetic Republicans who cry crocodile tears and tell you, oh, this is, well, we just have to do this because it's so ambiguous. If we don't, it's just it's too dangerous. For some people, the line between right and wrong is very blurry. And they, they have a, for politicians especially, they have this desire to want to please as many people as possible. That's, that's the mark of a politician. They're looking for approval. Times for this call for statesmen and stateswomen. People who are willing to hold a principle, even if it's unpopular. Now, obviously, there, there are some costs that come with that. I mean, if you can be attacked for simply refusing to say trans women are women, you know, as this, this swimmer was in, in San Francisco, you know, who knows? It does appear that the violence is starting to ramp up. It does appear that there, there are those planting the idea. I mean, another school shooter was a potential school shooter was actually uncovered just uh, just yesterday with plans drawn up for, you know, how this transgender individual was going to go and shoot up a school. You shouldn't live in a state of panic, and I don't think we need to be, you know, low crawling, you know, to every corner and, you know, making three to five second dashes between cover everywhere we go. 
But we do need to be aware that there are people who find violence useful for their ends. And they're trying to provoke us to violence. And we have to be smart enough not to take the bait. That doesn't mean you have to become a doormat, but it does mean you've got to be aware of what's going on around you. And above all, you have to uh, to make sure you know exactly what you stand for and, and, and be rooted enough in reality that you're not going to be easily manipulated. Sounds like a pretty tall order. Well, that's the price that has to be paid if you want to be a free individual. And if you don't want to just be manipulated or basically reduced to some degree of serfdom. I certainly don't have all the answers. But I do know that one of the answers that we need to consider is the utmost importance of thinking for ourselves, questioning everything. That means you should question everything that I'm telling you as well. The media pretends it doesn't have bias. Oh, no, we're just telling things the way that it is. And anybody who disagrees is a fascist and a Christo fascist. That seems to be their, their latest buzz term. You can believe in right and wrong. You can know good from evil. But you better be strong enough in your beliefs and have enough of a backbone to recognize that we live in a time where enough people, just enough, have turned loose of reality that you're going to pay a price for standing for what you believe in. I'm here to remind you that you're not alone. You're not insane, nor are you a monster, even though there are people who would try to tell you that's the case. All we need are people who are willing to know what's right and stand up for it, and you'll see. Eventually, the pendulum will swing back. Let's hope it doesn't uh, swing back too hard. Because it feels like it's going to be a doozy when it finally does. I'm Brian Hyde, and this is Nowhere to Hide. Reporters are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works.